Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Good morning, New Orleans. Welcome into the Chris Gordy Show here on this Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. A beautiful morning it is as we've got uh, the Saints with a bye week this week. They are 2-2, two and two, enjoying the bye week, looking to get ready for the Detroit Lions next week. Some bad news yesterday on Zach Streif placed on injured reserve. So, uh, again, we, we, we assumed the worst when he left the game on the Sunday in London, and it seems like he is going to be out for some time. So, uh, Zach Streif on injured reserve for LSU. They're just looking to try to make it a fight in Florida this weekend as uh, they've been back at practice. And some interesting notes yesterday, some uh, intimations that uh, Matt Canada maybe wants to get back to what they did during camp. That might be a better idea. Get back to that and not the crud we've seen for the past couple weeks out on the field. Uh, That and a whole lot more, including the Pelicans. They were in action last night for the first time of the preseason. Uh, Some good signs there from them. And a whole lot more we'll get to for the next two hours here on the show. But as we do every Wednesday right out of the gates, we talk with our friend Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. It is the LandryFootball.com report. Chris, good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good, Chris. Uh, I want to get to a bunch of different topics with you, including Saints and and LSU and all that. But first, let me me give you props. Good stuff on your website. Uh, I I saw you posted it yesterday, a uh, podcast basically of you just – going through the history of uh, when, your time at LSU and the coaching search and uh, your ties to, to Nick Saban and how he was, uh, you know, how he came about at LSU as the head coach and then from there to Les Miles and kind of a history of, of those years and, and to where we are now. And uh, just wanted to give you a little uh, plug there because it's really, really good stuff. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it's kind of, uh, it, it's been a tough week, obviously, and in uh, Baton Rouge and Tiger Town for all LSU fans, and a, an awful loss to Troy, and and uh, it was kind of, you know, people are exasperated as to how how did we get to this point, and so I thought that I would kind of take folks down in a brief um, explanation of kind of how the program was built uh, in the modern era with with Nick Saban, and then passing over to Les Miles, and how that took place. And the the uh, the, the quote unquote uh, reach outs by Michigan, and which truly took place, as I was part of the Michigan search committee, the whole information about what really happened. You know, uh, it's funny how you get certain information in the media, and it's uh, often very inaccurate uh, because they get it from a certain source. But when you're on the inside, I thought it would uh, give a different perspective for kind of what happened, and then how the whole failed coaching searches in the last two years kind of led this situation. And basically uh, all the, the missteps that the athletic director, Joe Oliva, has made, and 
put LSU in this situation, the, the millions and millions of dollars it's cost LSU with excessive buyouts for Les Miles and the ridiculous buyout for, um, for Ed Orgeron when he had really no other options. And we go into the, all the details, and, you know, it's about a 40-minute listen, but we think it's well worth your time. If you're a football LSU football fan, you could learn a lot about truly what happened from firsthand, not, not secondhand information. Well, I think what stood out to me most, Chris, was, you know, prior to moving off from DiNardo and then Saban coming in, I mean, that was an actual coaching search. And then even when Les Miles was hired, it was an actual coaching search with Skip Bertman and, and that crew. With this past year, it just doesn't feel like it was a real coaching search. It was, you know, hey, we're interested in Tom Herman, and then, oh, he's, 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 you know, he's turning us down. Well, quick, let's just go with Ed Ogeron. It just seemed like it was just they didn't do their due diligence. And, and again, you know, I think a lot of people are, are fiery and, and spewing hate for, for Joe Oliva on, on, you know, this week, and I think that's rightfully so. Well, I think one thing that people need to understand that which change in college athletics and it's been changed for some time is athletic directors are not what they used to be. Years and years ago, it used to be a lot of ex-coaches that knew the coaching profession. They knew football. They knew people in the football business, and they could identify good up-and-coming coaches because they're in that business. That hadn't been the case for a long time. Athletic directors, uh, with some rare exceptions, um, uh, you know that 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 you you know you you see around the country. Most of them come from a administrative background. They know nothing about football. They know nothing about coaches. They only know kind of what oh this guy's winning. What's going on there? They really don't know why they're winning and who's really responsible for it. And so I think a lot of them get really scared. The the, the bad part about it is when you don't seek help and you don't get the right type of uh, guidance uh, from people that know a lot more. Um, and, you know, I think it's really uh, cost uh, Joe Oliva, who basically kind of went off uh, on his own. And, you know, yes, he had uh, Jimbo Fisher in mind. Very easy choice, very easy to know that he had not only ties, to past ties to LSU, but also a very successful coach. Tom Herman was the, 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 the one of the bright coaches uh, great, and that's that's where you should go. But if you can't get them, you can't quit. You can't sit there and say, "Well, I've got enough," and I don't know enough about these other guys, and it's this and that. And I think a lot of it is, you know, they got tired of dealing with Les Miles. Les wouldn't listen to anybody, and then they hired a guy in Ed Orgeron who listens to everybody. And they thought, "Well, we'll go ahead and prop Les, uh, prop uh, Ed up, and we'll put two coordinators and let them run it." Well, it doesn't work that way, and, and you, you already see it through the first three or four weeks of the season when you're having problems on one side of the ball. Uh, your head coach, it's responsible. He's responsible for stepping in and having an input. But if that head coach doesn't have the aptitude, the X's and O ability to help you on the offensive or defensive side, then it's literally dead weight. And the coordinators don't respect the input from that head coach. They respect the authority of the head coach, but not the actual intellectual input. It creates a lot of problems. And so this is, these are some of the things that people that are not from the football business don't understand. I've done this for 30 years, and I've seen this happen. I've seen where it's been successful, where it's not been successful, a lot of trial and error. So I think, again, it gives a little bit of a view of how all this stuff evolved, developed, and the problems that took place and, and kind of why they're in that situation now and, um, and, and, and you know, possibly what they need to do to correct it. 
He is Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com is the website in case uh, you missed it. Uh, he, he put up a, a firsthand account of the rise and fall of LSU football in the modern era. Really good uh, podcast. Give it a listen uh, sometime today. Really, really good stuff. I want to talk some some football with you, Chris. Uh, we watched that game on Saturday, rewatching the film against Troy. I mean, it's amazing. You know, one, you, you just see more effort on the side of Troy. You see a want. You see guys who are, who are you know, really want to go in and, and play well against this LSU team, but Two, I mean, at times, Chris, they look like equals. I mean, it looks like in the trenches on, on the offensive line, defensive line, it looks like Troy absolutely belongs on the field with LSU. What did you see on the uh, in the film, and, and how did this come to happen where LSU loses on their home field to a team like Troy? Well, on the field, what you're seeing with this LSU team right now is confusion, frustration, indecision, and it starts from the coaching staff, and it permeates through your players. Uh, if your players are not comfortable, if they're not buying in because they're not quite sure what to buy into, it's a problem. It's more than a problem. It's a huge issue, and it's a program problem, not just the team problem. I know people will focus on the loss to Troy, but what we focus on as, as coaches and as scouts is why the, the loss took place or the, the win took place and what was the process that led to it. And what you're seeing is, again, a lot of indecision. Well, we're going to do this. This is what we've practiced. This is what is our offensive identity for this year, just for example. And uh, this is what we're going to do. It doesn't work. And then, all right, somebody says, well, we're going to do something different and just kind of throw something out there and see if it sticks against the wall. Uh, that, that, that All of a sudden, the players are confused. They don't know what to do. They, they're not quite sure if it's they're half in, half out. This, is again, permeates from the top, and that's where the problem is. Um, you know, e- even on the defensive side, where people have come to expect good performances, uh, they have done a very poor job with their run fits, misalignments, um, not being in position and coverage. Those are the type of things that are a direct result of preparation. Um, and I know that they're working hard, but I don't think they're working smart. And those things have really contributed. Now, the other thing that is real and apparent, that there are some definite weaknesses uh, on this roster. This is a result of some bad recruiting and some um, poor job of evaluating uh, on and off the field and addressing certain areas on the offensive and defensive line. So they're thinner at defensive tackle. They're thin and young on the offensive line. Uh, They've got young guys at receiver that's not quite ready to play. And so all of a sudden you have a talent level that's not as good as it has been You've got coaching that is in chaos and confusion as to what to do. And all of that, you know, you put it in a, in a mix and you've, you get a lot of what you've got going on. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, I look and people will say, boy, they've quit. And I think there is some sort, there definitely was some quit against Mississippi State, but I don't think it's a lack of heart. Uh, I think it's just a, a, a lack of, of understanding of what the expectation is of how they want to achieve their certain goals. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I think it's contributed to some of their problem. I, I think these kids will fight and they'll work hard, but I don't think they know exactly what direction they want to go. And we all say, you know, you never let go of the rope. You, 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 stay, you stay committed. You, you hold on to the rope. But you got to know what direction you want to pull the rope. Sometimes they're pushing. Sometimes they're pulling because the directive from above has been a very inconsistent message. Yeah, and I, I think if this this Saturday can be telling. I mean, if they go into Florida and get a win, season very much still alive. If they go in and lose in Florida and, and get embarrassed like they did in Mississippi State, I think this season can unravel un, unravel even more, and the folks with the pitchforks will come out even more in full force. Talk with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Uh, Chris, let's switch gears a little bit to the Saints. An impressive win over Sunday against the Miami Dolphins in London. Look, we know Jay Cutler uh, you know, should be in the broadcast booth right now and probably not on the football field, but just a tale of, of, of different you know, different games. I mean, those first two games against the Vikings and the Patriots, the Saints look absolutely miserable on offense and defense. And then against Carolina, against Miami, one, the offense finally starts to click and looks better. But the defense, Chris, these past two weeks has been so impressive. And they feel really good going into this bye week now and then going down the stretch of their season. You know, they, they feel like, uh, you know, this could this team could really turn things around. Well, time will tell on that. One, uh I think there is a boost in confidence. That's always good, and obviously the first thing it comes from is winning. Um, you're two and two, could have been one and three, and and if it was, then it would be a difficult road. You know, you break the season down into quarters, and the first quarter is done, and you're you're 500. So it gives you a chance. It gives you some hope, um, and they certainly, I think, have improved confidence. I think the offense is starting to come together a little bit as well. Uh, Staying healthy on the offensive line would help. Um, but you're seeing a little bit of an identity there. Um, probably need to have uh, Alvin Kamara on the field even more, and I think we'll see that. Um, but with all that said, I, I would think that I, I would caution everyone to understand that while you make no apologies for who you play and who you beat, um, the reality is I don't know how much better this defense is. Um, when you break down tape, you see guys in position, not in position, the key is, you know, can an opposing team take advantage of it? There were plays to be made against that Saints defense. The Dolphins just could not make it. So um, against better teams, um, it may not be as successful. So I think there still needs uh, a need for a lot of improvement. But you're correct. You know, when, you, when you're, you're not 0-4, you're not 1-3, you're 2-2, and you just move forward and, and uh, see where you go from there. <clears throat> Every week – is a season in and of itself, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how this team progresses and perhaps if they can't play better against um, you know better offenses, and we'll see if uh, that can continue. It uh, certainly helps so. I look at those first two games right out of the bye, Chris, the Lions and the Packers. If they can go one and one in both of those games, you know, and you're you're sitting there three and three. There's some very winnable games after that. The Bears are making their quarterback change already at the Bills, Tampa, Washington, at the Rams. I mean, some of these teams have had impressive wins already, but for the most part, if the Saints are playing at a high level and Drew Brees gets Willie Sneed back into the fold and their offense is clicking, I mean, there's some very winnable games down that stretch. But like I said, and, and see if you agree, if they can go one and one against the Lions and Packers, you'll feel pretty good about them. Well, you know, the thing is you want to take – I know this is an awful cliche, Chris. So take it one <laughs> at a time because it really is that. Uh, the Lions and the Packers, if you want to group them, have two explosive offenses and quarterbacks that can beat you. So 
I think it is a challenge. And if they can split it, um, that would probably be, uh, a, a, you know, a very positive sign. Now, you know, the Rams are a much improved offense, and uh, they're, they probably are going to be a bigger test than any of us would have thought at the beginning of the year. But, you know, there there is something that you look at. I mean, I, I don't know that uh, people would have expected the Bills, for example, to beat the Broncos and, and the Falcons. So it's in all these games count equal, uh, and while we can talk about it's impressive to win this game and it was you know crazy how they lost that game for any given team, it really is about consistency and about getting better. I always stress this. People want to define teams based upon their first game, their second game, their third game. It is a moving target. It, it's, it's a continuum of defining of what a player's identity is and a team's identity is. You never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. So we'll see if they continue to get better. Um, the challenges are going to be there in a unique way each and every week, um, and we'll see if they can um, they can get into the race uh, in a division that's going to be competitive. Tampa is, you know, one game behind in terms of having uh, experience on the field this year. Uh, offensively, they have potential. I mean, everybody's got a different and unique challenge every week, and consistency is uh, is king. He is Chris Landry, the LandryFootball.com report. Chris, what uh, what can our folks, uh, listeners out there, get on the website this week? Well, we've got uh, certainly our, our uh, podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. You can check that out. That's free. We've got a lot of free information, our NFL and our college football notebooks with all the ladies from around the college and pro game are up there. Our film room breakdowns is really the, the hallmark of what we're all about. We give you the coaching and scouting perspective from inside the film room um, on the college and NFL game, breaking down it all for you, previewing the upcoming games, reviewing what happened this past week. Um, and that's, that's it's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So check it out. We're uh, doing something to try to help the flood victims in Texas and Florida. We're continuing to do that. Uh, so we're taking the, some of your uh, membership money and uh, buying supplies to help those folks out. But you've got great options there, you know, monthly six months, the 12-month option, so you can check up on the website. We've got some discounts to take advantage of and enjoy your football season and learn more about the college and pro game. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you, LandryFootball.com. Yeah, and I can't stress to folks enough, go check out any any LSU football fans. You definitely want to hear Chris uh, talk, give the first-hand account of the rise and fall of the LSU football program. That is up at LandryFootball.com. And that's free, by the way. So that that's is free. for anybody that can go and check it out. Yeah. He is Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Chris, thanks for the time, man. We really appreciate it. You bet, Gordy. Chris, thanks so much, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. That is the LandryFootball.com report. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get things going here on a Wednesday. It's Chris Gordy and Michael Connor in on the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Appreciate Chris Landry for jumping on with us this morning. The LandryFootball.com report. Really good stuff. With it. it really is. It was a forty minute, about a 40-minute podcast you recorded yesterday, and I listened to a good bit of it early this morning on, um, uh, you know, waking up and driving in on the history of LSU and, and how he was involved in 
the hiring of Nick Saban at LSU and then from the Saban years to the Les Miles era and how from then till now, I mean, we've, we've really, everybody's looking around going, all those same people who wanted Coach O a year ago are all going, why the hell do we hire Coach O? Well, a lot of you were saying, well, I support Coach O, I'm with him. So opinions can change fast. Since the Chris Gordy Show, we now welcome in producer Michael on a Wednesday morning. Oh, what's going on, Gordy? Coach O's still the coach. Pelicans played last night. There was that. They did. And they look good early on. Yeah. Some good, some bad. But uh, look, you work the kinks out. Your big men look good. The important thing was they had chemistry together. Uh, the, the core four, if you will. Yeah. You're not going to lose the Bulls many times, I think, in the regular season. So losing it last night was uh, whatever. But it's good to have some basketball back. Nice to have that. Other than that, you know, it's that bye week weird feeling. Who's going to be the topic of discussion today that we did, that we didn't have yesterday that was totally odd, like Richard Petty? <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll see as the as the morning rolls along. By the way, coming up nine oh five, we're going to talk with Barrett Jones, former offensive lineman for Alabama. Are you going to say mean things about well, Alabama? You know, look, I hated him when he was at Alabama. You're going to ask, you're going to ask him if he's having sex with his cousin as well, like he did to I me. Will not. You asked me that. Well, you said she went to the University of Alabama. Doesn't mean I'm having sex with her. I just thought that's what they did in Alabama. Alabama! Um, (laughs) Anyway, so we'll talk with Barry Jones at the top of the hour. Talk some SEC football with him. He's getting into the broadcast booth now, transitioning from the uh, playing field to to there. So we'll talk with him and uh, some other some LSU notes that came out yesterday. Rashad Lawrence, the defensive end, you know, has been banged up. He spoke with the media yesterday. He said. Nothing will stand in the way of him playing against Florida this week. So that'll be good to have Rashard Lawrence, good pass rusher back in there. And, you know, maybe one day this this season, Arden Key will wake up and maybe make an impact on the field. I'm going to play today. That's what Arden Key's going to say. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Darius Geis was a full participant in practice, so it sounds like he's trending in the right direction and you know hopefully we'll we'll start and play well on saturday against florida again I, i'm just all in michael i mean this saturday this is it either either this, you this, go this into the right here you go into the swamp and you make a statement and get a win there or that's it you're done i mean this, you'll be three and three with auburn next week you're not winning against them then you go to old miss that's a toss-up you go to alabama you're not winning there you come home against arkansas that's a toss-up on November 18th, you go to Tennessee, and my God, I mean, is that a battle of terrible coaches between Butch Jones and Ed Ogeron? And then you finish with the Aggies, who, look, you better beat the Aggies. They, you, yeah. you, you've had their number every year since they've sudden, been in the SEC. Don't lose to them this year. All of a sudden, everybody's saying, oh, the Aggies could, Kevin Sullivan could keep his job. He could save his oh, job. So- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So beautiful. I, I'm like, so y'all great. are setting this up and y'all, and y'all are forgetting the fact that they've won, yeah, they've won some games since they lost to UCLA, but they've not been good wins and they've looked like right. crap in those wins. <laughs> like when they play real teams, they're going to get bitch slapped. They almost lost to South Carolina. Oh, I love it. I mean, just come on. I love it. Please, please just keep someone around. Yeah, actually, you, like you keep saying, that'd be nice. He's a good recruiter. I mean, he, he he's put together Is he? those players. No, how many of those players have turned out to be monsters in the NFL? Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't like, de- they don't develop them well. Remember, I mean, remember the whole swag copter thing was Ricky Seals Jones, yeah, who's like the biggest wide receiver recruit ever. That you know, you're getting live reports on ESPN of Kevin Sumlin's arrived at his high school football game in a helicopter. The guy couldn't catch a ball at A and M, and then. He he got picked up by somebody in the draft, I think, but it was way late. Like these, they're not monsters; they're just a bunch of you know. By the way, I'm looking forward to that game Saturday night, uh, six fifteen on ESPN. Alabama going to a And M. Remember that was every year for the past five yeah, been, years. That's been the CBS two thirty game. I've been to the last three, and this is gonna be the first time I'm not going. This will, be the, this will end it for me. This well, will be the last time I'm you, not there. It's the spread is around 28. So yeah, I'm, it's a good thing. I went to the one. Yeah, the last <laughs> it's time in, it's in College Station. The last time they were in College Station, they I mean, Alabama went in there and put it on them in the first half, and that place was a morgue. And then, but they, the but they, they, uh, oh, that's right, that's right. I was at that. I was at that one. I've, I've been it was to Derek the last, Henry, right? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, he he just ran all over them. Yeah, I've been to the last three that they've played Alabama at, at, in, in, at, in College, College Station. Station. Yeah, I've been to the last three total. Went to Tuscaloosa once. The one before that was it, they Alabama. It was neck and neck the whole game. Then Alabama pulled away, and then and then Manziel made it closer late in the game. And then right. you know, and then they, they end up losing by a couple. But it was really funny because uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, a lot of fans were like f- leaving, and you look at the 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 ramps going down. Everybody's just filing out. And then here comes Manziel, hits Mike Evans for a couple touchdowns, and. Suddenly made it closer, but by the way, I was just mentioning the name Ricky Seals Jones. He's a he's with the Arizona Cardinals now. Did you know he's no longer a wide receiver? Really? Yeah, he's a tight end. Wow. Way to go, Kevin Sumlin. You guy, keep doing what you're was, doing over there at A M. Guy was one of the big recruits in, in the country. Yep. So yeah, so A and M and Alabama. That's that should be an interesting one to watch on on Saturday night. And I don't think it will be twenty eight. I mean, look, Alabama's done what two weeks in a row fifty nine nothing against Vanderbilt. And sixty six to three against Ole Miss. What are they gonna do to Kevin Sumlin and that my God, John Chavis. What it the hell be, yeah. what the hell happened to John Chavis? Guy went from being one of the best defensive coordinators, not just in the SEC, but in the country, goes to A and M and just sucks. You you strap up with someone, look what happens. And it's not like he had to have good players. I mean, look at look at all the guys. Miles Garrett went number one overall in the freaking draft. Like Hell, I mean, yeah, they've had good defenses. They had they had Von Miller there at one point at A and M. They've had tons of defensive players that have gone High in drafts and have actually become impactful players in the league, but they just suck. That's gonna be if serious. That game is gonna be one of the worst of the weekend. Hopefully, it's nothing like the LSU and Florida game. I tell you that three dude. three out of the next four weeks, the Aggies will probably take L's. They get Alabama, then they're at Florida. They're home for Mississippi State, and then they play Auburn. So Alabama, Florida, and Auburn. They'll probably, they'll probably lose, lose all, three all of those games. They'll probably lose every single one. Yeah, against Mississippi State, I, I bet that's a close one. I bet that's like a, a dogfight. And then they finish the season with New Mexico, Ole Miss, LSU. So they have a chance to rebound there, get get bowl eligible. 
win a couple games there at the end of the year. We need these games, though, to be good because have you looked at the schedule this weekend? Overall? Uh, no, I haven't. It's kind of eh. Really? And there's only, I think, one matchup between ranked opponents is TCU and West Virginia. Yeah, let's kind of look. Oh, we've got a good one tomorrow night, Thursday night, Louisville and NC State. Oh, there's okay, so there's that's your other a good one. That's your other one. That's the that's the one that people seem to think that the NC State one is the one that could trip up Clemson maybe at some point. When yeah, they, get they, to that they point. snuck into the top 25 this week, NC State. They jumped up to number 24. They're 4-1 in the year, 2-0 in the ACC. So that will be a good one. And Lamar Jackson, you know, look, he's having a fantastic year. 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, already and then you know 437 on the ground with five five rushing touchdowns so dude is is having a really good year um that'll be a good one tomorrow night but yeah outside of that i'm kind of just looking at some of the games this weekend not a lot of good ones no it really isn't it really west, west virginia tcu that's, is, yeah, that's is gonna the, be pretty good yeah a florida state miami could be well i mean florida state stinks but yeah, it's still right it's a rivalry I, like, game like and you i never get, know i get it it's in tallahassee but does anybody expect miami not to win that one no but i'm just saying it's a rivalry and you know you, those games get different even if the one team is banged up and missing a bunch of players and not playing how they're supposed to by the way bruce feldman from fox sports one is going to be on the show tomorrow he'll be on the sidelines for that west virginia tcu game so i'm really interested to catch up with bruce and get his thoughts on this LSU program and where they are with Ed Ogeron. Because remember, Bruce wrote the book, uh, the Meat Market book, where he followed Ed Ogeron in his, you know, in his uh, season at, at Ole Miss. And, and he also recruiting. wrote the, he also wrote the book about Mike Leach. Yep, about the Swinger Sword. Swinger Sword. Yep. So uh, good books, both of them. Are there any? Uh, this really does suck. I mean, like Michigan State. Michigan used to be really good, but Michigan uh, State. Washington stinks. State going to Oregon. Is the okay. is, is decent that for, for evening games? That's look Washington State. It's a big state to go. I mean, they they beat USC at home. If you can beat Oregon on the road, even though Oregon's not as you know typical Oregony, that's a big win for them, and that gets them another step closer to securing at least the Pac-12 North. And it's going to come down to the what do they call it, the Apple Cup at the end of the year? Yeah, which is crazy to think that Mike Leach has done what he's done in Pullman, Washington. It's just unreal. Check out some of the SEC matchups though this weekend. You get terrible. LSU Florida is you know should be a good one two thirty. We hope we cross our fingers and hope. But Georgia Vanderbilt at eleven, Ole Miss Auburn, Arkansas South Carolina, and Mizzou Kentucky. My goodness, I'd, mean, rather, just... I'd rather drink a bunch of Listerine. <laughs> I mean, it's and I think part of it is the fact that a lot of these SEC teams stink this year. I I was just looking through the filter on the top 25 matchups, and I'm like, where are all the SEC schools? Well, yeah, all this a lot t- of them are unranked. That's the fun part is that when it's this, the ratings are always subjective. We know this because it's just it's not a computer anymore. But it's this is one of the worst SEC like depth con- the depth of the conference that I think we've ever seen, at least in our lifetime. It's it's really bad this Georgia year. Georgia is Georgia has looked really good so far this year. How can we say that Georgia is really good though if they only play the SEC East? Right, but they beat the hell out of Mississippi State last week, who beat the hell out of LSU. So. Yeah, but LSU's look like crap. They lost to Troy, so that works against you too. Yeah, but uh, you know they shut out Tennessee last week in Knoxville, which you know doesn't happen too often. But I think Georgia's really good, and then Auburn, like I said yesterday or last week, uh, beat the hell out of Mississippi State fifty-nine to ten. Beat the hell out of Mizzou the week prior, so I think they're finally starting to click. I think oh Stidham's, God, look at, look, Stidham's starting to look pretty good. Look at Georgia's schedule the rest of the way. If they don't go undefeated and get to the conference championship game, it's just a disappointment. They go at Vandy, Mizzou, home for Florida, home, or I guess that's well, that's a, in yeah, but, yeah. Uh, home for South Carolina at Auburn. That'll be tough. Home for home against Kentucky, and then at Georgia Tech. 
if they're for real, they'll run that skit. They'll run the entire slate of that schedule. The Florida game is the game that will decide who plays, who who wins the East. So if they win that one, they're they're going in Atlanta. Will it? But on the road at Auburn, the third to last week, November eleventh. That's, that's tough. That's going to be a tough. That one will be a good one to see battle of you know two SEC, two of the stronger SEC teams. But like I said, the, you win that Florida game, you can just put it on cruise control to to Atlanta and. You know, see where you go from. I mean, look, they, what what happens? What happens if we get an undefeated Alabama team against an undefeated Georgia team in Atlanta, and it's a close game, and one of those teams lo- loses right. a close game? Do you finally see I the mean, two teams get in from one conference? I think it. I think you make an argument. You know, it depends on where everybody I mean, else is. Yeah, if you have a if you have an undefeated Big Twelve champion in Oklahoma. You have an undefeated champion in the pack. It'd be interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's grab our uh, next break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the conversation. It's Chris Gordy show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Going deep on the teams you care about. Sports 1280 New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy show. Sports 1280 New Orleans. Matt Canada is saying, I'm kick your ass for playing this Matt song. Canada right now saying, look what you made, you made me do. Matt Canada says he's going to try to get back to what they did in camp. So Good for you, Matt Canada. Well, Clapp, speaking with the media yesterday, said, we're going to get back to what we've been doing. We're going to get back to us, as Coach Canada said. They want to get back to how they look during training camp. Probably a good thing because you look like utter crap the last couple of weeks. So maybe get back to what you were doing in the spring. Probably a good idea there. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good thing. Uh, I saw this story yesterday. I forgot to mention it on the show yesterday morning, but Jacoby Stevens, the five-star DB that they brought out of Tennessee, played some offense in high school as well as uh, you know played both ways basically in high school. Remember they they brought him in and he spent the whole you know summer or whatever the whole spring uh, as a DB, and then well like a week or two before the season they shift him to wide receiver because they're like, yeah, we're so deep in in the secondary. We need you to, we, you know, we're going to try to get you some playing time at receiver. Well, he just hasn't really done a whole lot. He's, well, like two catches, I think, since they moved him on offense. And one of them was just like a shovel pass for five yards. So hasn't done a whole lot. Well, Jacoby Stevens this week has been working with the DBs. He's probably headed back to defense. And Monday's practice, Stevens, the five-star safety, practiced as a safety uh, throughout spring ball. When fall camp started, Ogeron announced he was moving to wide receiver because the Tigers felt they were okay at the, you know, with depth at safety. And two weeks ago, Stevens started working out with the fullbacks and tight ends as he started to get more work as an F-back. And now that they've lost some depth at safety with Ed, Ed Paris missing the rest of the year with a knee injury, Xavier Lewis was banged up not at practice on Monday. Tigers used Lewis as a nickelback and safety at times. He shared time with Kari Vincent at nickel and... Uh, and against, but against Troy, the Tigers went with Dante Jackson for a good portion of the game at nickel, Greedy Williams, and Kevin Tolliver on the outside. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see Jacoby Stevens play a little DB. My thing is this: if you're a five star dude, you got to be playing somewhere. Maybe yeah, not, you maybe be. not starting, but you should be playing a good bit of a good bit of time in a certain position. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be nice if they could play at their actual position that you you know recruited them at. But I'll just take them on the field. I, I did mention this. They they got some players back uh, this this week at practice. Derek's guys, Toby Weathersby and J.D. Moore, were all uh, spotted in, in individual drills at practice the other day. So sounds like for the most part they're they're going to start to get healthy this week. It'd be nice if Geis is out there and is the guy he's supposed to be, which is the feature carry. Yeah, man, it's his, yeah. 
it's unbelievable that before the season, they were like, we were talking him and Saquon Barkley in the same category, saying, I mean, both these guys are going to be first-round picks, both, you know, top top running backs. But it was almost like, you know, what do you do? You, what do you like, Kit Kat or Hershey's? You know, like it, it was almost like you can't go wrong with either pick. Both Did guys you say so, Kit Kat or Hershey's? Well, that's your, I'm just, I'm just. That's what you make your logical decisions I'm on. I'm just trying, like, I'm putting it like it's like a Snickers bar or a Twix, sure, or, like a, or a Reese's equal, versus whatever. Equally as good, but now it's like, who wouldn't take Saquon Barkley over Terrence Guys? My goodness, yeah, Saquon Barkley is having a freaking year. And if Penn State remains undefeated, how is he not your Heisman? I mean, it's he has to be. Yeah, he's the leader right now. He has to be the Heisman winner. But because he does every, what we thought we were going to see out of guys, he, not only does Saquon Barkley run the crap on the ball really well, but catching too. I get, mean, he catches. Yeah. He's, a, he's a he's a receiving threat. Right now, Geis is a three musketeers bar, and um, <laughs> and and Barkley's absolutely Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't even know if he's that. I think right now, Geis is that. He has to be. Who eats Who eats three musketeer bars? Seriously, uh, nobody. I'm sure they're still nobody. Somebody. It's the what is he? What is it exactly? What's in the middle of those things? It's some like nougat. It's disgusting looking, and it doesn't taste very good. You know what he is right now? He's the, on Halloween. Those little black and orange candies in the wrapper that have like no logo. That's yeah. what guy says right now. He's the you right. have no idea what those are. Ed Ogeron, right, good. Ed Ogeron right now is the coach. As a coach, is uh, the is the old man that hands out candy corn by the hand <laughs> and just throws it in your bag. <laughs> that's that's Ed Ogeron's coaching Ugh. experience at LSU to this point. Oh man, not a blessing, not a blessing at all. There was during my later years of trick or treating, uh, the back the back end. You know, when I was like sixteen. Yeah, they were giving uh, they were, like people started doing like the health thing where they were giving like oh, health yeah. bars and stuff. Like get out of here! I always remember there was Shut this up. there was this one guy that lived down the street from us who was a dentist and he would hand out toothbrushes. With his name on it. Oh, well, that's good. With a phone that, number. I call that's, that smart marketing. Yeah, it is. That is free marketing but, but to all no the kids candy. in the area. There was no candy involved. It was just literally, here's a toothbrush. And we, after a couple of years of figuring that out, we're like, we're not going to get another yeah, toothbrush. Yeah, don't go We've to the toothbrush. We all, and there was this other, like, there was this one old lady that lived down the street, the very end of the street. And I guess she had an apple tree in the backyard. She handed out apples. <laughs> well, that's also but then if, smart. You went to, if you went to the Less. back part of the neighborhood, which is the rich part where there, there's some big monster houses. Yeah. People handing out Hershey bars and Snicker bar, like the big ones, and we would just go back there and try and run through those. People like three, still four times. do that. Do people go to like the nicer, like if you live oh, in yeah. a not so great area, you drive to the nicer areas to go trick or treat? Yeah, I mean, my aunt is somebody that has a very nice home and lives in a very nice part of town, and um, that's what happens. People like literally drive in, park out in, in front of houses, and just walk up and down the street. We used to like to go to there was an area right off Power Boulevard like Toby Lane and Rebecca and all those streets uh, right off West, West Esplanade that people decorate their houses like crazy. And, and like people would have like haunted houses like oh, set yeah. up in their driveways and stuff. Really, really fun stuff. And they gave good candy out in those areas. But uh, all right, let's go. I can't wait for Halloween now. Damn it. we got a whole month hey, away now. Yeah, not really. What I mean, we it's gonna, the fourth do? already. We're yeah. counting down. We got to do a costume show. <laughs> Does that translate on the radio? I think so. I think so. We'll get Dave dressed up. Yep. We'll, we'll dress up. All right, let's take our uh, next break of the, of the hour. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up hour number one. Again, Barrett Jones, former uh, Alabama SEC O-lineman, going to join us at 9.05. It's the Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280 New Orleans. DJ, you ready? Yeah. All right, hour number one almost in the books here on the Chris Gordy Show. Can we just play Tom Petty music again? You want Tom Petty? Instead of this. You don't like R. Kelly? No. Come on, Michael. Let's get 
Everything is awesome. <laughs> this is better than everything is awesome. I have no. some alternative lyrics I could sing to this song, but I think we would probably be kicked off the air after it. Stuff put you in a good mood. Just makes me think of R. Kelly just whizzing all over the place. All right, welcome back into the show. Pelicans. Doesn't he run a cult? Pelicans opener last night. They fall to the Bulls 113-109. The score isn't very important because it's preseason. What is important, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins combined for 44 points in their opener. Played a lot more minutes than I expected. Yeah, a lot. around the. There's, like, lo- there's, fewer, there's fewer preseason games now, so I right, get it. There's only five. So I was bouncing around on League Pass last night looking at some of the games, and I couldn't believe third quarter I, I flipped on the Rockets and – James Harden and Chris Paul are still out there playing. I flick back to the Pelicans. Yeah, Anthony Davis, Boogie are still in there in the, in the third quarter. I'm like, what are you doing? Bet these guys. There's absolutely nothing better than the preseason in the NBA being shorter. Because it used to be like nine games. It needs to be long. three. Well, I'm good Get with five. Yeah, I can deal with five, though, too. Because we still have other stuff going on to where we don't have to pay attention to it all that right. much. But no, it was, it was interesting to see them at least play quite a bit. And they they didn't win, but they, they had some good, yeah. some good stuff Well, happen. the core four of Rondo... Davis, Cousins, and Holiday, I, I thought looked really good together. They dropped 46 points in the first quarter alone, shot 70% in that quarter from the field. Four players made five three-pointers in the first quarter. Now, after halftime, the Bulls, they open up the second half, go on a 22-7 run. Pelicans' ball movement stops, the tempo slows, and they, and they couldn't score. They scored just 16 points in the third quarter. But, you know, some good, some bad. But I thought early on, it looks like those four are going to have chemistry together to the thing that they're going to have to figure out, and Alvin Gentry talked about this after the game, is they need to figure out what rotations work best. You know, right. if you start with the, they started with those four with Dante Cunningham. Okay, who's first? Who's first to come out? Who comes in for them? And does the offense still click and all that? That's going to be what they're going to need to figure out. But we know the core four together, and look, this bodes well for if they're a playoff team, which they should be. Well, when when playoff time comes, that you know that those four are going to be playing heavy, heavy minutes for you, and you know who, whoever the fifth guy is with them. And then I think down the stretch in a game, in the in the crucial minutes of a game, you know, obviously you have Boogie and Anthony out there. I think you got to have Tony Allen in there because of his defense, and you know, and the Rondo will be the ball handler. But th- that'll be interesting to see, you know, who they go to in in in, cru- in crunch time, in crucial minutes of the game, in a tight game. Who the who do they go to? And it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the guy that's out there that's kind of the dead eye knock it down three point shooter. Yeah. That's something that's like they're going to be able to hit threes and they're going to take a bunch of them because they have everybody that can at least attempt to take them and actually can make them. So so Etwan Moore was the, you know, he was 4 of 6 last night from 3. Right. He was the one that I think can really be the spark plug off the bench. Uh he and Ian Clark, I mean Ian Clark was 1 for 3 from from 3, but he was 5 of 8 from the field finished with 11 points. I like Ian Clark a lot. I think between Etwan Moore and Ian Clark, both those guys are going to have to fill it up off the bench because yeah, one of those guys got to step it up and be the forty percent dead eyed, you know, three point shooter every time he comes off that bench, or at least close to that forty percent mark. And I just wonder, do you stagger, do you stagger the lineup a little bit more? Like you start Anthony and Boogie, but maybe you know after I don't know six minutes in, maybe you sit Boogie for a while and then have Anthony have the offense run through him. And then when you sit him, you put Boogie back in. Like I, I feel like one of those guys should be on the court at, at all times. 
Yeah, it definitely, and I don't think that you'll ever have a situation where at least one of them isn't on the court unless there's, you know, foul issues. Yeah, and, but both of them had double doubles last night. I'll be in the yeah, you're gonna rebound game. about as good as anybody. In the 20, there's 20, no doubt about 24 that. Twenty-four and ten for Anthony. Twenty-four or twenty and ten for for Boogie, and you know even Cliff Alexander had seven rebounds off the bench. Check Diallo had six. So. I like what I saw of the, of the rebounding from those guys. In a league that has gone smaller and smaller and doesn't have the size inside, that is why it's going to be so interesting because you will dominate the boards against a bunch of people and you will protect the paint if you're playing hard-nosed defense uh, better than anybody. Yeah. A lot of unknowns on that Bulls team, though. Like it, it's They're going to be horrible. It is like like the, they're going to be one of the five worst teams in the league. It's the land of misfit toys. It's like, oh, that's where Robin Lopez is now. He's in Chicago. He's been and, there la- he was there last year, too, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, but Drew Holiday's brother, Justin Holiday, he starts for them. Bobby Portis, who I really like coming out of Arkansas, is uh, I think he's going to be a player. He only had three points yesterday, struggled yeah, shooting. I, but I would agree, I would disagree with he's going to be a player. I think he's going to be good. He hasn't been one yet, so why would he be one now? Well, he hasn't had an opportunity. He's he been, played last year quite a bit. Yeah, he's off the bench, but now I think he's he'll be a starter. By the way, how awesome is it to be Robin Lopez? Looks like Sideshow Bob and well, makes $13.7 million this year, then fourteen point three the year. God, I wish I... If there's anything I could go back in life and be, it'd be an NBA player that's tall and not very good. Yeah, Miritich looked good. I like him. And then Chris Dunn, the big piece that they... You know, one of the big pieces they, they got in return for the, the Jimmy Butler trade. So... They we'll don't see. have Zach Levine out there still. Yeah, he so. didn't play. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's do this. We'll grab a quick break. When we come back, Barrett Jones, former SEC offensive lineman, going to join us, talk a little college football Right after this, it's the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 